Hello and welcome to Making Mediumship the Norm, the podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Espinasi, known as New Zealand's Modern Medium, and I have been very privileged over the years to connect thousands of people to their loved ones in spirit, whether that be through one-on-one readings to my sellout Whispers from Above shows. I'm excited to be able to bring you this podcast where together we are going to be bringing mediumship into the everyday homes, the everyday hearts and everyday conversations. Whether you are here seeking solace after the loss of a loved one, needing guidance on your life's journey, or simply you have a curiosity to explore the mysteries of the universe, the Making Mediumship the Norm podcast is here to support you. My intention with each episode is to help you bridge the gap with life beyond this earth. So without further ado, let's tap in to today's episode. I am so honored to introduce you to psychic medium, Natalie Walker. A huge welcome, my friend. Hello, it's lovely to be here with you. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. So I kind of want to tell people how I first met you. So I think it was 2014. I think it was 2014. You were one of the mentors at a training I came to in Australia with Tony Stockwell. And so that's where I met you. And I just remember being able to watch you demonstrate live and being in awe of how captivating you are, not just with how you bring spirit, but how you work with the audience. And I was like, she is so fun. I don't think I've ever seen anyone so fun ever connecting with the other (laughs) side. And I was like, I just love her. And then, you know, I've had the privilege of also um, seeing you work and being part of our journeys at the Arthur Finlay College in England. And I'm just so in awe who you are as a person, your story, your mission. And I'm just so honored to, to get this time with you, with you being on the other oh, side of the world. So <laughs> That's all right. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So I want to ask you. If you can share with us, what made you follow your calling to be a channel for the spirit world? I remember believing from a very young age, thought of myself as a worker, as in representing them, if you like, or being an ambassador. As weird as it sounds, I remember being 16, leaving school and going into my first place of work. And because I was earning my own money, I started to go for readings. And that was why. I went for readings because I had an interest in what they were saying, but I didn't have anybody in the spirit world that was close to me. So I don't know why I was going, but at that moment in time, it was just very much a yearning to discover more. And I didn't quite know what it was. And then I remember I'm an avid reader anyway. I love reading books of all sorts. And I just remember reading a lot of autobiographies of fellow mediums and really understanding different dreams I was having and different visions. And I have to stipulate as well, yes, I was having dreams. So when I was in my sleep state, but I would also have, if you like, visions or dreams in the awake. So when I was awake, it wasn't always I needed to go to bed and be asleep when my vision would be awoken, if you like, and I would start to see things within my mind that would play out. So I would say from the age of 16, very seriously, that's when I decided to follow my own development and my own pattern of wanting to discover more 
Wow. Because I was earning my own money. So financially, like even to buy a book, that's what I mean, even to buy a book, even to discover or to, you know, contribute when you go to a spiritual church. That's why it wasn't when I was 16. Because none of my family are mediums. I don't come from a line of mediums or there's no one else in my family that would have understood what I was experiencing. That's just so like mind blowing because I think back to how I was as a 16 year old and I'm like, there was no way that I was semi aware (laughs) and at all into Mm. this kind of stuff. So what a profound message that is for anyone who from a young age knows that they are supposed to work with the divine in some way. You truly are, when I say this, and I don't say it lightly, an inspiration. So, oh my gosh, what are most 16-year-olds doing, right? I think we don't want to know. (laughs) I was definitely a rebel at the same time as well. It was almost like two halves of me. (laughs) I'd love to know. What have been some of the challenges that you've had to overcome within yourself or about your work? So some of the challenges I've had to overcome for myself is that whether, well, I say whether it's part of my personality, I feel it is part of my personality. I'm a very harsh critic of myself and my personality and my mind has always given me, I worry what other people think too much. It's good to be mindful and have personal responsibility of how other people are feeling. I will always um, hopefully incorporate that as part of my spirituality. But I am someone that worries sometimes or is too concerned with what other people think instead of knowing I'm okay to be myself. I'm a lot better now. In my 40s, I am a lot better and a lot more confident at that now. But that has crept into my work because you do listen to what other people say. And it might not always be about us personally, but you've only got to overhear someone sort of say, well, I'm still not convinced. And instead of me hearing, well, they're still not convinced whether there's life after death, I would take that personally. How have I worked? What have I done then? Oh my goodness, what more should I be bringing? So there's something where sometimes I've had to learn the hard way of not to take something so personally. And in some ways, our job shouldn't be to convince everybody to believe what we believe. So some people are going to have to naturally find it themselves if they do at all. So sometimes, in answer to your question, sometimes it's almost been me being my harshest critic and worrying too much what other people think of me that's crept into my work where I haven't relaxed in it. But now it's different, very much so. And sometimes within my work, I would say the challenges knowing when you're okay to be out there working because there isn't a big sign we develop for years and years we will never stop developing or evolving that will never stop so it's almost the acceptance of when you feel it's okay to have the responsibility to read for someone to stand up in public and there's got to be a part of you where you accept that your development is actually being out there And if something isn't working, we should all know our mediumship inside out, like how we work as a medium. And if a reading isn't working, if that experience isn't happening, then be honest. Honesty is the best policy because it will give you, always give you your credibility. So sometimes the challenges are accepting, okay, whatever is happening at this moment in time, it's not working. 
it's almost accepting and learning how you actually work who you are as a medium but the standards you should be having some of the challenges as well is being compared to others and just always allowing yourself to be an individual everyone has got individual um, but he should try to be cloned like their teacher nobody should have anybody that's trying to say do it like this to influence yes but to demand is wrong I think you bring about so many great points there, Natalie. I want to just go back to, you know, people saying, oh, I'm still not convinced, for example. And, you know, to put it out there to everybody, every single one of us experiences people who say things like that. I don't think it's a reflection of us as the medium, but you could give the most out of this world evidence and they might still think that way. They might still go, oh, I'm still not convinced that was my, you know, whatever. And so do not ever be disheartened to anybody listening if you've had that experience because it is not our job to necessarily prove, we channel, we pass it all on, right? And also what I want to say about, you know, comparing ourselves to others, oh my gosh, you know, it's like one of the things I go is, oh, I wish I could, you know, get names. I'm still working on this whole names thing. Names is not something that comes naturally to me. I'm like, I wish I could. And then I'm like, but that person can do names. You know, and we all find things within our own selves that we're like, well, that person is so amazing at that. But what we also have to remember is we're all unique. I always say there will never be another you as there is right now in all of Earth's existence. So every one of us has something completely unique to bring from the other side and how we connect. And also back as well to when do we do this? When do we open up? You're so right. There is no open hours. Oh, let's let's open up now, right? And, you know, stepping out into the public can be something very daunting. And when I first stepped out into the public doing, you know, shows, I had no idea what I was doing. This is before I did Tony's course that I met you at. And it was like, I had no idea what I was doing. And I was like, well, still going to do it anyway, because someone believed in me enough to do it. But it was probably the best thing that happened because that experience made me really get connected with my mediumship. And I think that's what you were saying is knowing your work inside and out. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. And I think you've raised a really good point where it's like normal life. Nobody else has got our footprints and we make our own footprints in normal life. And that will tie in with your mediumship. It will tie in with your work. The two go hand in hand. They're not two separate things. There will be an overlap in you as the medium and you, the person that you are in life. In anybody else's footsteps either. We here with our own heartbeat and our own mind, body and soul to represent ourselves. And it's true what you say as well. We each bring something very unique to the person receiving the message and to the spirit world. Yeah. And I mean, in many of the trainings that you facilitated with me or for me, I should say, and things like that, we could all be bringing through the exact same person and every single one of us is going to get something different. So we might get a lot of things that are similar, but we're all going to do it a different way. We're all going to give a different message. So it's, I feel, you know, being open to that person's genuineness of of wanting to help, which actually leads me to my next question, which is, what would you say is the biggest myth about psychic mediums? Okay, there's a couple. The biggest myth is that people feel we're a switch. 
so we switch on we switch off as if they're just there and don't get me wrong it, it, you don't have to go through a big ritual through a big routine in order to link to the spirit world but people just think you switch on you switch off or you know it's instantaneous to just well give me something and it, it's as if that's it we could just pluck something and we're we're there with them and another myth is that they feel we have a conversation with the spirit world like i'm having with you now and the biggest myth is that a lot of people don't understand the sensitivity and when I talk sensitivity I don't mean sensitivity of a personal feeling the sensitive we are what we sense they don't understand that it's not you haven't got the direct communication that you did with people when they was alive just as we're talking now I call it a filter system but that's my own terminology every psychic medium will have a filter system will have sensations and senses that evidence from the spirit world almost has to go through before we speak about it it's not someone saying hello my name is john i died at this age and i think that is the biggest myth if only it was one. that way <laughs> right <laughs> i know it oh my god it's a lot easier it would make things and a lot easier say, there is another one if um on the third one it's more to do with the psychic i think the other myth is that people feel we can tell them what to do and that's going to be it we've sorted their life out that's more to do with the um, psychic evidence. But people just think, tell me what to do, and then everything's going to be fine. If there's a role of self-control, making decisions for ourselves still. The spirit world aren't going to come in and say, do this, this, and this, and your life's going to be fine. It's like we've still got responsibility of our own decisions. So I would say that's another myth as well. Yeah, I think we could probably go on and on and on as to what the myths are for yeah. psychic mediums because I think another one is, I don't know about you, but people think we know it all. Like, we know everything. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah. no, we don't. We don't know everything. We're not privileged to all that information. I love that what you say as well, and I think that's so valid and maybe something that we don't necessarily talk about enough as mediums is it is really not as straightforward as we potentially make it look. And so much training goes into understanding. I believe it's like your own language. It's like teaching someone a foreign language that no one else can speak really. And so when you talk about the filter system, you might see, you might get the name John, but you might see a man in a mechanic outfit and then you might feel something in your heart. And then you have to piece all of that together and work out that that's the father. He worked, you know, in a car yard and had a heart attack. Like you've got to work that all out. Would You understand yeah. that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You have to piece together to tell someone's story, but we don't get that story direct. Yeah. So we, we make it look easy, but really, I guess like every craft out there in the world, I mean, I look at some hairdressers and go, oh my goodness, they make it look so easy. But then I watch the YouTube tutorial and I still can't curl my hair, you know? So everyone has their own beautiful gift. I would love for you to share with us because I know you're such a strong advocate for the spirit world. How can they assist us to live our best lives? How can the spirit world assist us to live our best life? Yeah, how can we call upon the spirit world to help us live our best life? Okay, I feel in order to live our best life and align it with spirit world being there for us, there's something where we need to give ourselves the opportunity, whether you're developing, whether you're out there working as a medium, 
we need to give ourselves the opportunity to sit for the spirit world, to let them be around us within our daily life, but without asking anything of them. So it's almost as if allowing them to be close to us outside of our work. So for instance, I know there's a lot of people that have busy lives. There's always something to do like outside of our work. There's always something to do. You know, we've got families, we've got responsibilities. And for some people, they may have another job. But nevertheless, at some point, even if it's during the week, not once a day, but at some point, I feel the way we can become better people and the way we can become more aware of personal responsibility is just to sit and fill our own soul. So it is not about what's going on in our head, what the logical tells us, is to truly sit and just have some time out, whether you've got music on, whether you sit in the quiet, and just to almost send our thoughts to the spirit world and say, I'm sat here for you. There doesn't have to be any vision. You don't necessarily want to receive information, but just to sit quietly and say to the spirit world, I'm sat here for you and just be around me. They'll replenish your energy as you, the worker, and just give yourself that time to be close to them, but without asking anything of them. And what I feel happens, although we might feel not a lot happens at the time of sitting, what I feel happens is we become more in touch with our own soul. And that's on a lot deeper level than the mind just saying, this is what you do on a Monday, and this is how you're going to live, and this is who you've got to take care of. Where you really start to feel your purpose and who you are as a person. And that is when you're almost peeling back the layers of who you truly are. And I do believe then it does make you a better person. I absolutely love that, Natalie. And even, you know, sitting and breathing. People sometimes underestimate the power of just breathing and being present within our own, just in our own energy. And when we're able to connect with our own energy, then we're able to become aware of other things in our energy as well. And I often get people say to me, my loved ones are never there. And it's like, well, they are there. But sometimes we've got to stop being in the busyness of our lives and take that time out. So that's such a good tip, not only for mediums, but also for everybody out there to start doing and just sit. Because we do, we kind of go, okay, universe, give me a sign. Or if I'm supposed to do this, this will show up. Or, you know, like we're always doing that, but we're also, like you say, sometimes we don't just sit and be present for this incredible force or the divine that is assisting us. So, oh, I love that tip. I love it so much. I'd love for you to share with us what you think is the most rewarding part of working with spirit. The most rewarding part is bringing some sort of comfort to the people I meet and also the teaching side of it the most rewarding part is seeing students or seeing people grasp the fact that they are ambassadors for the spirit world and it's actually happening for them like their self-belief just comes into place and unfolds so there's two sides to it the people I meet that are the recipient just to bring them, some people you may bring closure, some people you bring that closeness again, and that's priceless. You you cannot put a price on that for someone to have their conversation and to feel and sense the presence of their own loved one because of what we're saying and how we're coming across as we work with the spirit world and teaching to see students and, and people realise 
I've got this, I'm actually doing it. It's no longer just about believing their own people are around them. They're actually an ambassador for the spirit world. So I would say that's my biggest reward is those two. I'm like a blubbering mess. I'm like, I don't know if you can see it, but I'm actually crying. I don't know why, but I think it's, I totally energetically, every part of my body agrees with what those rewards are, both as yeah, I've been, you know, on all sides of the fence with that, you know, having received readings, having been a, a student to giving readings to being the tutor as well. And it's like, I don't actually know if there's anything more rewarding in the world than working for spirit. Anyway, for me, apart from my children, yes. you know, all that kind of jazz, right? But you know, it's like when you were saying that, I just wanted to cry and my soul was like, yes, that's that's why we do what we do, right? So excuse yeah. me for being such a blubbering mess, but I really felt the that's conviction, so the conviction so and the genuineness and the heart of when you were talking about that. And oh my gosh, we need more and more people like you in the world. Your motto I love this is to be brave, be fearless and be in touch with your soul. So why is this important? I feel it's important because you need to be brave and you need to be fearless because otherwise as a person in life, I guess, as well as a psychic medium, you will hold yourself back and you will feel it's, I'm not saying it's a bad feeling, but you will, you will always be searching because there'll be a part of you that will be unfulfilled. And sometimes will be, what else do I need? What else? And, it, it, and again, it may be an emotional feeling, not necessarily physical, what else you need. And sometimes what else you need is to be fearless and brave because you are holding yourself back because you feel as if you just, you shouldn't be top of your own list. It's good to be humble, but yes, you should. So to be brave and to be fearless is a good thing. Because then there's part of you that will just break down so many of your own barriers and be who you're truly meant to be within your own life. And uh, that's how yeah. I feel. Natalie, does anything ever happen on in comfort? Sorry, say that again. Sorry. I was going to say that's all right. I was going to say, does anything ever happen when we're in the comfort, right? We always have to step outside our comfort zone, which is what I feel you mean by being Absolutely. brave and being fearless. Absolutely. If I use an example for myself, I've never ever, before I was um, a medium, I've never ever done any sort of form of public speaking. I've never had a job or I've never had a hobby, if you like, that put me in front of an audience. So there is part of me that has literally physically shook when I was first in front of an audience, whether it was 10 people, 20 or 30 at that time which is say maybe a smaller number to what I work with some of the time now and I would fake it and not be able to stop myself because my own thought pattern would be who am I though what makes me able to be out there representing them and I think that's where my mindset it does turn around to feeling your own soul working with your own soul well, what does it take? What are the spirit we're waiting for, for someone to represent them on a stage, on a platform, one-to-one -one across a table, working with a recipient about their loved one that's passed away? What is so special about anybody? It's almost like there's a specialness within all of us where we, we can, we're all qualified to do it. There's not a gift or there's not a, a standard that we've had to be born with in order to, well, you can do it, but the next person can't. 
No, we've all got that ability if we're brave and we're fearless. I love that. And I, I always say, you know, me being a medium <clears throat> is not a gift, but I feel like mediumship is the gift. That's the gift. Being able to have mediumship, yes. connecting to the other side, that is what is truly amazing. But I agree with you. Every single one of us can do this, even if it's just for ourselves. You don't have to take it to, you know, presenting in front of, you know, hundreds and thousands yeah, of people. Absolutely. And you know what, Natalie? I still, I mean, I've done a fair few shows in, in my time now. And every time, just before I hop on the stage, I'm like, I can't do this. No one's going to come through. I'm going to stand up there and I'm going to look like an absolute dipstick because no one's going to be there. And I, and you know what? And I know, I know they're all lining up ready to come, but there's that still that part of me that goes like you, who would like to do this? What if, you know, like, ah, <laughs> now doing what we do, you know, people are always so fascinated with the whole psychic medium thing. So I really want to know if you can share with us, What's been the most like out of the blue or pretty out there request that someone has said to you, I need spirits assistant to help me with this? Okay. I guess really I'm asked a lot for the spirit world to help people find things. So which sometimes will be my own intuition and my own guidance. But sometimes I have worked with the spirit world and that's, that spirit contact has sort of said, when I say find things, it's meaningful things, not just, you know, where can I find my future husband or where can I find, you know, <laughs> not necessarily material things. No, that is um, something we get a lot. <laughs> very much so. But it's more, you know, actual possessions, personal possessions and would they help find them and etc and things like that and maybe it's also to do with their loved one that's gone to the spirit world so I'm asked a lot I am asked a lot if the spirit world will help them find things for them and so again sometimes on an emotional level will they help me to live my life well they would I call it guidance but they're not going to live your life for you so that's some of the things I'm asked I suppose on the flip side one of the things I'm asked from the spirit world a lot which um, I don't want to say it's comical because I feel some people have asked me quite seriously. I'm asked for the lottery numbers a lot. Well, if you know everything, can you ask them the six numbers? And I would always reply, I'm not telling you that I know everything. And if I was able to access the six numbers, I would have got them a long time ago. <laughs> and I wouldn't have shared them. I actually have a story about something like this and it was a few students when we did, I can't remember what Tony's course is called in Australia. So do you, what is it called? Does it have a special name? I think they change the title every year depending okay. on the concept. But you're one of the regular tutors over there with Tony Stockwell and Lynn Probert and then they also have others that come along. And I remember it was at lunchtime, one of, one, we were just having you know, a conversation between students and two people said, because we get this question a lot about the lotto numbers, and they'd said that they had been given the six numbers, yeah. but they, the first three was for one week and the other three were for the next week. And Spirit said, don't ever ask me for the winning lotto numbers ever again. So I really believe that when it comes to you know, lotto and things like that, it's, you know, we can't use the spirit world for our own vanity per se or our own benefit on that kind of level. Though, you know, I've seen people that are going to win lotto, but I don't necessarily know the amount or, 
you know, with the numbers. So, I, yeah, it is something we get asked about a lot. Did you know about that story? No, I, I didn't know. But I thought it would be unfair for me to speak for all mediums or all intuitive people. But me personally, I agree with you. I don't feel I've ever been able to access anything um, for personal gain, what I would call extortionate personal gain. That's right. I, I, that's what I agree with you. We can't use this for, <laughs> for uh, you know, getting yeah. into people's cell phones and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Though, Absolutely. Unless it's a loved one and, you know, they're, they're wanting to let their person know so that can, you know, yeah. access their phone. Absolutely. But, oh, it is interesting, our life. I always say, Natalie, there's never a boring day in the office. Do you agree? <laughs> yes, I would agree because every day is different as well. So you do a lot of things around self-love and you believe that self-love is the most important and you want to share with us what is the highest form of this? The highest form of self-love and what I've discovered in all the years that I've worked, almost the reflection you see when you look in the mirror, that's not the only time, but as an example of one of them, it's not just your hair colour, the shape of your face, the shape of your body, it's to look and begin to feel your own soul, your own spirit and appreciate and love who you are because we can do all the development in the whole world. We can have as many tutors as we want. We can dedicate as many hours out of every week, month or year to sit for the development of our psychic mediumship. But if we don't even love the person we are, the creation we are, then how on earth do we expect to ever feel in line or close to the spirit world? How can we expect to ever feel as if something is working so very well for us? Because we are part of the team. It doesn't just come from the spirit world. We are part of the team. So how can you expect the spirit world to give you love to bring us comfort as the worker if we don't even appreciate who we are and why we've been put here. That, to me, that is to do with self-love. And I think that's probably the, the one thing, especially more women. I'm not saying men don't have, you know, self-love, things that they go through. But women, it's like, that is a big hurdle, isn't it? Loving ourselves and seeing yeah. ourselves more than just body, that we are actually spirit as well. And you know, our body shape and everything that we are doesn't, you know, I think the media has probably played a huge part in that and kind of making us feel we can't love ourselves or so I think the work that you yeah. do and, you know, you work as a tutor, you work as, you know, a reader, you do so many things and you empower so many people because I know I've seen you work, I've, I've seen, you know, I've sat in your classes, you empower so many people to see the good in them just as much as the spirits see the good in the person that they're, you know, connecting for. So I just yeah. want to commend you on that. You are such a beautiful tutor. Your style is so comforting. It's so empowering. It, you feel safe. You feel safe to love yourself when maybe you've never necessarily thought that you could love yourself. So I want you to just know that, that that's how you make people feel. Oh, thank you. You're thank welcome. you. You're so welcome. Now you also work with, you know, a lot of deceased people working as a medium. So you have quite a good understanding of a soul's purpose. 
this is a biggie for people. They want to know what their purpose is. So what do you kind of see as being the soul's purpose from your point of view? From my point of view, and maybe not everyone will discover it, and sometimes people are on a, quite a vested search for it. Other people, they're here because they're part of a family and they live in their life how they want to. But I feel the soul's purpose on a deeper spiritual level, whether you're a psychic medium or not, I just feel it's about uncovering and discovering why you feel you individually are actually here. So obviously, people may say generally, it's to love to be loved. But I feel there's something where we'll almost strip back the layers and uncover the soul's purpose as in what was we meant to give? What was we meant to receive? That's food for thought. That's what I thought about it. What my soul's purpose is. My soul's purpose sometimes I felt like I've got it oh this is who I'm meant to be or this is why I'm here it's changed (laughs) over the years it's changed now it might be not necessarily wrong the way I was thinking before it's just as we evolve or it could be a multitude of things the soul's purpose yeah I agree with you and that's something to take into consideration is we evolve and part of being on earth is to evolve and so if we're always doing you know thinking this is it and then we grow and then we go oh now this is it and then we grow again and we're like oh no now this is it so you know and it's not that it wasn't it it was that was it at the time until you evolved so is that what you mean yes yeah absolutely it may be a number of things and as we evolve and as when I talk of evolving I mean as we experience different life things we go through our own grief we go through our own elations with every birthday with every year of age so there's something where sometimes we will feel our life's purpose has changed a little bit yeah oh I so agree with you Natalie I would love for you to maybe share with people you know who love this kind of thing who love mediumship what do you think that loved ones and spirit wish the living to know i really feel they want us to know that they're closer than what we sometimes think and not in terms of measurement but just that the two worlds are a lot closer than probably what we give credit for obviously that life continues and that their world is closer to us and i feel also that the spirit world really want us to know that whilst, to put it bluntly, whilst we're still here with a heartbeat to live every day, to recognise and appreciate the living souls as much as the souls that are in the spirit world, I really feel that is a massive purpose and thought pattern of the spirit world that they want us to live, to make memories. Natalie, I would love for you to share what your hopes are in terms of mediumship for the future. Where do you see it heading? What do you kind of believe will, you know, will mediumship have a greater purpose in our lives? Like, where do you sit with mediumship in the future? Mediumship in the future, my hope is that everybody almost slows down a little bit within their development and takes their time to have a broader spectrum and a wider picture of what a psychic medium is bringing to the world and how it works for us. So almost to be in touch with their own soul as well as their purpose of being an ambassador for the spirit world. I would hope as it goes forward that they just allow themselves maybe to unfold naturally 
without having such an end goal, without having such a plan to let it unfold rather than having such a strategic plan of what must come next or timings, you know, by six months, I must be out there working. Forget it. Forget all the time plans because we're just limiting ourselves. So more of a natural unfolding and letting it be a journey rather than a beginning, a middle and an end. That's my hopes for mediumship in the future, because I feel it will bring about a greater closeness for our world and the spirit world. It will make it closer, which in turn will bring greater evidence. Oh, that is so nice. I would also, because you are an amazing tutor, if anyone gets the opportunity to work with you, whether that be virtually or in person, I mean, in person, you're so beautiful and your energy is amazing. But for those of us on the other side of the world, we have to work virtually with you. So, you know, what would you say to someone who, because, you know, you were 16 and you kind of like, you kind of knew, you were like, this is what I'm doing, right? But to someone who's like, I think I want to do this. Uh, I don't know if I can do it. You know, like someone who's maybe on the fence, wanting to develop that side of themselves. What's like a word of wisdom that you could share with them that could maybe give them a little bit of boost to go for it? I would say bluntly, try it because you will not lose anything. You will only gain. So try it. Now, whether you may come out of it just for your own self-development. So you may never work as in do readings or platform or teach, but that doesn't mean you've denied yourself anything because you'll be more in touch with your own soul. There is no way you won't discover anything. You will discover, and I guarantee you will discover more because sometimes our perception is, well, I'll, you know, I'll do this course or I'll do this one-day workshop. You will get so much more out of it if you're truly present in that room with a good tutor than what we anticipate in the beginning. So you don't just have to develop because you want to be a worker. You can learn as much about yourself as you can. Someone who's going to go on to teach or to work and be an ambassador for the spirit world. So I would say try it. Just go forward. Don't think about it too much. There's obviously a call in there somewhere. So try it. Perfect words of advice. Thank you so much for that. Oh, Natalie, I've had the most amazing time speaking with you. You are such a genuine light worker, and I hope that many more people can follow the work that you do. So with that, I'm going to link it up anyway, but where can people find you, connect with you, do all the things that you do? Share that with us. Okay, so I have my social media. I have my Facebook page which is Natalie Eden Walker, Psychic Medium and Teacher. I also have my website, nataliewalkermedium.com. My Facebook page and my website will always update with where I'm to be, where they can see me. And you know what? To everyone, I say just go and follow Natalie because you are, like I will just say one more time, such an inspiration. You've had a massive part to play in my unfolding as a medium, whether it's just been a conversation at lunchtime or whether it's been in one of your classes and you have just made me see my place as a medium because I always kind of thought I'm the youngest, you know, I've always been in everything that we do. I'm always the youngest there and I'm like, oh, I just actually don't know if this world is for me. 
but you've always made me feel so accepted yeah. and like, you know, I do have a place in this. So oh. with, with anyone that is just like, not sure if they belong and, you know, working with the divine, you'll find so much love and compassion with Natalie. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. I want to express my utmost gratitude for having you joining me on this journey in making mediumship the norm. As we together continue to explore the depths of the spiritual realm, I ask if you could please leave a five-star review for the podcast. Your feedback and your ratings not only brighten up my day, but they also help others to discover the podcast so we can truly bring mediumship into the everyday homes and conversations. And if you're ready to dive in deeper and want to work with me and see what possibilities await you, I encourage you to book in a reading with me or to check out the Soul Love Academy. Thank you so much for being part of this incredible journey in making mediumship the norm. I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Until then, remember that you are a gift to the world. Together we awaken, together we align, and together we ascend. Love always, Melissa Espinasi. Mwah!